Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. And uh, it's amazing each time we look at each of those chapters, what, uh, how amazing the story is. This morning, as those in WCI are watching here and those watching live from the different locations, what I'll try to do is I'll give a quick uh, recap of a few things that we did in the last few weeks and also uh, cover on the topic today, which is John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the topic for the day. And uh, just to give an interesting scenario, back, if I remember correctly, back in February or March 2020, you'll remember that Donald Trump had visited India. And when he had visited India, before he came down to India, there was an entourage of people doing a lot of work behind the scenes so that his visit could be a very comfortable one. There's a lot of media hype. Uh, the people across the country are talking about this visit. There was a big stadium in Ahmedabad, which is going to get launched with Trump coming in with Modi. Uh, they said, Namaste Trump, if you remember correctly. Uh, it is a funny thing because they made the road so nice that on either side there were slums. And I was reading that they put walls 500 feet high so that nobody could see what's there on either side. Well, this is just the president of the United States visiting India. And we can see the kind of preparation that comes in. But today, as I talk about John the Baptist, which many of us know, and the preparation that's happening before our coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, I would just like to quickly draw your attention to what's been happening in the last few weeks. And uh, if you see here, can we move it here? Yes. We've been covering the two testaments, the old and the new. 66 books, right? 40 authors. We've been doing this book for past many months. We've been connecting the dots. We completed the Old Testament a few weeks ago, and then George Chan came in and spoke about that 400 years, the intertestamental period. And that was a period of silence. But we also were reminded that God was working even during that time. We also hear that during this time, before all this was happening, there were many promises from, from the word of God. And last week, Pradeep took about our Lord Jesus Christ. And he also took about sections from the Old Testament about what happened. And some of the things you could see there from Adam and Eve, what happened there, the promise of the seed. We also heard about the Abrahamic covenant, the Davidic covenant, right, of the kingdom that is eternal, that will last forever. We also go towards the end. And the conclusion, the cliffhanger here, is the last chapter of the Old Testament. And let me just bring it uh, to your attention because we need to remind ourselves what the last verse of that chapter, the last verse of the chapter says. Let's go to the book of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. And this is something even again was shared a few weeks ago, just to remind ourselves of before the New Testament started, we had something that was given, which for the people in the Old Testament did not make sense. For the Jews, it did not make sense. And let me read that out to you. It says in verse 4, Malachi chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children 
and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. If you hear these last three verses, there are three important characters that come to us this morning. One is the character of Moses. The second is the character of Elijah. And who is this Elijah? We all, most of us know who it is. And the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. But as I look at this particular last portion of Malachi and that 400 years of silence, there's a lot of things that, as we know, we have been discussing for the last many months how God has been working. Now, as we look at John the Baptist and we look through various portions about that, this last portion of Malachi is talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the Elijah. And if you look at that, there are a lot of questions for the people at that time. Please understand. For the people in the Old Testament, they have many questions on who this Elijah is before the coming of the Lord. And I want to take you to an interesting thing that this morning as I speak to you about John the Baptist, there are three types of audiences I'm speaking to. We've been doing the study, the Old Testament and now the New Testament for the last many months. But I do understand that I'm addressing three types of audiences. Number one, the audience that likes to know more about the word of God. You want to dig deep and understand what it means. What is, what is it more about from end to end? Again, number two, there's another section of the audience. You might be going through some challenge, some kind of uh, discomfort in your life right now. This Sunday morning, you're thinking, what can God do for me? Does this all make sense? And the third type of audience this morning could be the ones who are searching. Can we just press the lip because it's, this clicker is not working? Well, it talks about the audience that is looking to be at crossroads or what to do next. With these three audiences in mind, I'd like to draw your attention to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, a very familiar portion. And there are some key words here. The words include the wilderness. Let me read that out to you. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 3. Let's go back. It says here, the voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Let me just repeat that for us to soak this information. We do understand that this particular verse for most of us is about John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord. But when I look at this verse, there is much more to it than just about John the Baptist preparing the way for the Lord. Let's look at this verse again. It says, the voice of him that cried in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God, a desert which is a wilderness. This morning, as a Christian, you and I are also in the wilderness at times in our life. We are in wilderness and deserts in our life. And let me tell you, for us to gain an access to God, we need a preparation. A preparation that can only come from God. As a Christian, you and I go through our deserts and wildernesses in life. We call it the valleys. Let me give you some examples. Right? And these are many. You could go through your emotional wilderness. You can go through your financial wilderness. You could go through a, a period where you had great accomplishments in life. And then suddenly, things are not going according to your plan. You prepared a great uh, education for yourself but you're not getting the job of your choice. 
you're preparing a great emotional life of comfort in your life, but it's not coming the way you planned. So you are sometimes, or you and I as a Christian face these wildernesses or deserts in life. And the question is, why does it happen to you and I? Many times things are going pretty fine. Life is going pretty good. And suddenly, like that, things become not normal. And then you and I ask this question, God, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? As we look at John the Baptist preparing the way of the Lord, I would like to say this morning that you and I are also people in that wilderness. And we need the Lord to meet us. Sometimes the things in life can distract us from the Lord. And God creates that clear land so that we can touch God as a Christian. And I was just thinking of these things of uh, examples of being in that wilderness. And the experience can be excruciating, painful. And God does that sometimes to us for various reasons. Maybe he wants us to come back to him. Maybe he's talking to us in a special way. And this wilderness is also there in the Bible where God does amazing things for people who were in the wilderness. And let me talk to you about some of those examples. We know about Moses who was in the wilderness tending to the flock and he met God in that burning bush. You remember the Israelites along with Moses traveled in the desert 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness, crisis, food, water, they are depending on the Lord and they reached, not them, only two of them along with the rest of the generation into the promised land, that wilderness of dryness, that wilderness of no hope. But in that wilderness of dryness, of no hope, God is working. I was looking at the story of Elijah, Jezebel and the team were after him to kill him after he had done that great thing of uh, killing all those prophets of Baal and Jezebel wanted to murder Elijah. Again, Elijah was in that desert and he said, God, it's done. I cannot take this anymore. And that's the moment when God spoke to Elijah in that wilderness. And he said, you know what? You're not alone. There are so many other 70,000 other people who are trusting in me in Israel. Similarly, if you look at more and more examples, you will see the eunuch in the New Testament from the book of Acts. Philip met the eunuch in the Gaza desert, in the wilderness, and he met God there. Another great example. And these examples go on and on. David was in the wilderness hiding from Saul, and then he became the king. You look at example after example, you see God lifting up men and women when they were in their worst situation and God is working. And this morning, I want to remind you, as I talk about John the Baptist, these are examples. And moreover, about the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment he was baptized and the Holy Spirit came on him and he, he came into this world, he was in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by the devil. And he overcame that. We all know that again in the wilderness. This morning, as I talk about John the Baptist, and the preparation of the Lord, it's not just an intellectual topic here. It's about you and me as a believer of Christ, because you and I are also in that wilderness. And I want to just take you for a moment and think before there was Jesus. Think about humanity. 
think about the people in humanity because it's only the jews who had this feeling that you know we are the promised people everything is fine but the rest of humanity the rest of the gentiles had no hope we were in that wilderness we did not have the true living god in our lives and there had to be a path that had to be created and this morning as i share about this topic very quickly i want to go to the book of matthew chapter 3 and before i do that i want to also talk to you about the lessons here because if you look at it i john chapter 1 verse 17 talks about the law given by moses but the grace and truth coming from the lord jesus that's what john says in chapter 1 verse 17 right that moses was the old covenant the lord jesus was the new covenant but in between that was the person preparing the way now again there are some questions here about john the baptist right is he uh, the elijah that we are talking about right is he the person is he the true elijah as per what is given there well if you turn your bibles to the book of matthew chapter 11 matthew chapter 11 the question is is this john the baptist the elijah that is going to prepare the way right let's look at that john chapter uh, sorry matthew chapter 11 verse 11 this is jesus talking to the audience here and he's saying you know what verily i say unto you among them that are born of women there had not risen a greater than john the baptist notwithstanding that he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he verse 12 says and from the days of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and violent violent take it by force for all the prophets and the law prophesied prophesied unto john and verse 14 says and if he will receive it this is elijah which was for to come this is elijah the lord jesus confirming that to the audience that this is the elijah the prophecy that we see in malachi so what what are we saying here as i shared in the beginning in the uh, in the olden days centuries back if a king was supposed to travel to a foreign land if he's supposed to go to a kingdom there would be emissaries there would be people who used to go and check the route that the king should take to reach the other part of the territory it could be his own kingdom it could be another kingdom there would be these people who would prepare the way of the king so that the king has a very comfortable journey not only in terms of security in terms of his stay in terms of how the journey will be everything is prepared so that when the king comes in it's going to be an amazing entry for that person well that that's how it was and here we see that it's happening here again and john the baptist is that individual and let me again say this morning i would like to bring you two lessons that i would like to take lesson number 1 is purpose and preparation in life and number 2 obedience and humility two things as a christian that we can take from the life of john the baptist and for that i need to take you back to john the baptist before he was even born because before he was born there were a lot of visitations by angels to john the baptist father and mother and for you to understand this let's uh, turn our attentions to the book of luke chapter 1 so you can read that in detail in luke chapter 1 
because Luke chapter 1 gives you details about what happens before John the Baptist was born. Being, and, uh, let me just read, uh, read this out to you. Luke chapter 1 and verse 5. Luke chapter 1 verse 5. It says, this is about John the Baptist's son. It says, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Elizabeth, verse 6, and they were both righteous before God, walking in all commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Verse 7, they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord and the whole multitude of people were praying with, without at the time of incense. And verse 11 says, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And here Zechariah gets this visitation of the angel and the angel is announcing, guess what? You're going to be blessed with a son. And not only that, this son is going to prepare a way for the Lord himself. And that's what we read in the subsequent verses. An amazing thing for Zechariah and similarly for Elizabeth. As you look at Luke chapter 1, it's amazing for the life of Elizabeth. If you look at Luke chapter 1 verse 36, the mother also has an interesting experience. So there are angel visitations for the father through angel Gabriel. There are prophecies in the Old Testament from the book of Malachi and the book of Isaiah about the person coming to prepare the way of the Lord. And then we have the mother, the mother that's there, Elizabeth, because in verse 36, chapter 1, verse 36, it says, behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also has come. This is about to Mary. The Lord, the angel is telling to Mary, behold, thy cousin Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her. And we know in this story that Mary goes to visit Elizabeth and the baby in the womb starts kicking. And, uh, you know, there is a reaction, right? There is that, that amazing encounter because you see here in verse 41, and it came to pass in Luke chapter 1, verse 41, it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the, the babe leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. This morning, I want to remind each of us that even before we were born, even before we came into this world, God has a plan and purpose for each of us. God has a special plan and purpose. And it's all there. The only question is, are we ready to fulfill that plan and purpose that God has? Because as we look at this history of John the Baptist, even before he was born, and yes, he did come into the world and we have a discussion about how he was, right? Uh, we see about John, if you look at the book of Matthew chapter 3, which was just read uh, this morning, it describes John the Baptist. Uh, let me just describe to you how John the Baptist was a very promising person and he comes into the world and he does a lot of amazing stuff. But if you look at this in John, uh, Matthew chapter 3 verse 4, when John finally came out, uh, this is what is uh, described of John. Verse 4 says, the same John has his raiment of camel's hair and leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Think for a moment, a son of a priest, Zechariah, John, born in the family of Elizabeth and Zechariah, and from a childhood, I am sure the parents are telling John, John, guess what? 
these are the things we were heard that you're going to do in your life. John could have, you know, heard all this and said, you know, dad and mom, this is not for me. It's for somebody else. I mean, it's fine. He could have had his own life. But John listened to all that, though it's not clearly said in the Bible. But I'm just imagining the parents would have shared these visitations with John. And John was preparing himself for the new destiny that God prepared in his life. This morning, as a Christian, as a believer of Christ, you and I are also encouraged by the people around us. It could be your parents. It could be your friends in a spiritual way in life. And God is maybe speaking to you and I through those people. And God is telling us through those people and friends that, you know, this is what maybe God wants you to do. So why don't you do it? And the same thing is happening in John's life. And we see all the things that John does. Not only the fact that he's uh, having this description of man. In verse 3, it says, the one crying from the wilderness. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 3 says, crying from the wilderness. And what really interested me about uh, this particular portion in Matthew chapter 3 is, he is crying in the wilderness, prepare a way. He's crying in the wilderness to the people of Judea. The people of Judea are hearing this man coming in camel's hair. Uh, he's not uh, maybe dressed like them. He doesn't talk like them. But he's coming and say, prepare ye the way of the Lord. The Lord is coming. And the people in the wilderness are ready to receive this message. They are ready to receive this message in Judea. This morning, again, I want to remind us that we too are like the people in Judea in the wilderness. And the message is coming to us. The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Prepare yourselves. Prepare yourselves. Are you ready? Because the message is coming. And the message could come, as I said, through a family member, through a friend, through a message that you hear. But the message is coming and right now or maybe sometime in your life, you were in that wilderness, just like the people of Judea. And in the right time, John comes in and speaks to them. I would also like to remind all of you, when you look at John the Baptist's life, he had the humility and the obedience to fulfill his purpose. You know, the people, uh, as we see in Matthew chapter 3 that was read, the people are surrounding him in hordes. He could have got distracted. You know, I'm the famous guy. Yeah, thank you so much. But John the Baptist said, hey, hold on a minute. I'm not the guy. I'm not the one. There is a, a, the Lord that is coming. So don't, don't give your adulation to me. There is a God that's coming. John the Baptist could have got distracted. Many times in life as a Christian, we can get distracted by our jobs, by our relationships, by so many things. And we think things are pretty fine. And we get, we get diverted from what God has purposed in our life. We get diverted. But John the Baptist is saying, hey, it's not me. There is somebody greater than I who is coming. Look at the humility and the obedience of the person. And I would like to again say here, when John the Baptist does all this thing, he is fulfilling his purpose and preparation in his life. And he's in obedience and in humility. And this is where I go to the next part of where we talk about John the Baptist quickly is the fact that, and by the way, this is a, for a knowledge purpose. If you look at the book of Second uh, Kings, verse 8, you will get a description of Elijah. And Elijah in the Old Testament, if you look at the description from Second Kings cha chapter 1, verse 8, the, the description of Elijah in the Old Testament is exactly similar to John the Baptist in the New Testament. This is for all you folks who want to uh, know it from a biblical perspective. So here we have John the Baptist who looks like Elijah, who talks like Elijah, and the prophecy is getting fulfilled. 
Again, if you look at it, there are many things to happen here. Can we move the, the clicker forward, please? Because I'm now going to come to the next part, which is the next three lessons from John the Baptist's life. And let's look at it one by one. Because it is the following. Let's look at it again. Involve and care for others, need for introspection, and tell the reality to the people. These are the next three lessons that we can learn from John the Baptist's life. I again repeat, involve and care for others. Number two, need for introspection. And number three, tell the reality to the people. And John the Baptist did exactly that. And by the way, when I'm sharing this about the life of John the Baptist, this is something that you and I can also learn because John the Baptist indeed did care for the people around him. He did not, uh, you know, care for the status quo. He did not care that, you know, people might abuse him or might say something against him. He went, he involved the people around him. He shared the truth. And we also see that he was, uh, he asked people to go into a time of introspection and also a time where he's telling people that this is the reality. This is your reality. And I would like to draw your attention to verse 9, Matthew chapter 3, verse 9, where this John the Baptist is talking the reality to the people, which is a painful reality. And he's telling in verse 9, Think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Why does this happen? Why does he say this? Because in just the previous verses, we see that the Pharisees and the Sadducees have come to his baptism. But in the minds of these Jews, they're thinking, you know what? We are already saved. Why are you doing all this baptism? What's the need for all this, right? We are the Jews. We are the children of Abraham. We are fine. Our life is fine. We are, we are doing the needful things. And let me tell you, the Jews of those days felt that everything is done. And I want to draw your attention to some of those things. And let's see there. I request the, to press the clicker there. It's not working properly. Right? Because please understand, the Jews are exactly in the same position as the Gentiles. Yes, there was this uh, talk between John the Baptist and these religious Jews. But the fact remains that we know that the Jews are exactly in the same position as the Gentiles. Just because they are Jews doesn't automatically mean they are acceptable to God. And this is, again, a very important thing to understand. Just because they are Jews doesn't mean that they're acceptable to God. The Pharisees coming uh, to John the Baptist, well, he's coming to ask them, you know what? You need to come with a repentant heart. You need to come with a heart of repentance and you need to truly say that God is there. Because you know what? For the eyes of the Jews, they, they see that, you know what? These things, they want to, uh, he wants to see that there's a change in their life. He wants to see that there is a change in the way they look at other people. Because we see in the book of Luke chapter 3, when John the Baptist was having this conversation with the Jews and the audience, there were several issues with the audience of these Jews. Several issues. You had the soldiers who were not happy with their wages. You had uh, the tax collectors charging more tax to the people than that was required. So many things happening among the Jews in Luke chapter 3, if you read that. But John the Baptist is saying, set these things right. Just because you're Jew doesn't mean everything is fine. 
and this was revolutionary and this morning as i share this with all of you just because you and i come to the church or just because you and i are a christian just because you and i are born in a family of christians doesn't mean that everything is fine because you and i need to have a close relationship with our god and this is what we can learn from the lesson here it's also in our actions because john the baptist is very direct with the jews here he's telling you know what all this is fine but then these are the issues that you have and he's looking for the heart of repentance and that's where i come to the fact that the wrong attitude of the jews the religious jews is the issue this morning i speak to myself and if i'm speaking to some of you sometimes religious you know being religious can also have its implications if we do things in a repetitive manner but not necessarily understanding what we are doing and that's what john the baptist was sharing with the audience there coming with non repentant hearts doing things because somebody else is doing it right a repetitive activity and by the way the jews felt that they were doing everything fine they are keeping the sabbaths fantastic they are performing their ritualistic uh, traditions just like from the time of moses fantastic so the jews felt everything is fine but john the baptist is again reminding them this is not what is expected of you and he's preparing them and this is where i come to a interesting portion from the book of ezekiel chapter 36 for us to understand the prophecy from the old testament the book of ezekiel chapter 36 was 25 to 29 then will i sprinkle clean water unto you then will i sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness from all your idols will i cleanse you and new heart also will i give you a new spirit will i put within you i will take away the stony heart of the of your flesh i will give you a heart heart of flesh a heart of flesh not a stony heart sometimes being religious can make us have a stony heart sometimes doing things repetitively without even understanding what we are doing for years maybe seeing our families doing a certain thing maybe seeing our parents doing a certain thing we are just we are just following what they're doing as a routine copying them doing it automatically or should i say just because they're doing it even sharing those prayers because somebody said something so you're repeating those prayers again but really not meaning but ezekiel chapter 36 is a prophecy that says god is looking at the heart of men and women he's looking at a heart that is touching on god a relationship and when i share this i'm sure many of you can relate to what i'm saying and some of you cannot i repeat what i'm sharing this morning some of you can relate to what i'm saying but some of you cannot because when you are in that wilderness you need to meet god and when god meets you you understand what it is to be in the heart of god until that time you need to pray you need to read the word of god you need to speak to people who can encourage you so that you can find yourself with god and that's where i come to the final part of uh, this entire thing where we talk about the true relation with god which is the repentance which begins with an accurate assessment of our spiritual condition knowing that we come to god with empty hands we come to god with empty hands we cannot come to god with anything we cannot come to god with our backgrounds we cannot come to god with our religious experience we cannot come to god with money we cannot come to god uh, with uh, doing something every year absolutely not we have to come i think uh, bob and shared that in the morning 
the religiousistic experiences of people think that they are making things right with god but it is not true and this is where we learn these things and that's where the lesson of involving and caring for others need for introspection which is very difficult to do it's easy to do things but it's very difficult to introspect and really see what we're thinking and then tell the reality to the people and this is where i come to the last part the final two lessons this morning the final two lessons from the life of john the baptist which is talk about repentance from the heart and also overcome the herd mentality talk about repentance from the heart and overcome the herd mentality what's the herd mentality well as i said in the beginning there are 100 people doing something so i am going to do the same thing 100 members of my family are doing this for years i am going to do the same thing but it does not mean anything to you you're just doing it because people are around you are doing it and that's exactly what the jews were doing for centuries till john the baptist came and said that this is not what is expected of you and we can rem- remind ourselves from from these lessons and by the way i would like to share in the life of john the baptist and the baptism of the lord matthew chapter 3 if you turn your attention to matthew chapter 3 verse 11 and 12 john the baptist gives a difference between john the baptist baptism and the baptism of jesus christ and this is something that's there let's read that matthew chapter 3 verse 11 and 12 i indeed baptize you with the water unto repentance but he that cometh after me is mightier than i whose shoes i am not worthy to bear he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire whose fan is in his hands and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into his garner but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire so john the baptist is saying that you know what my baptism is for repentance but there is the baptism of the lord jesus christ that's once and for all and let me tell you there's an interesting trivia for all of you uh, which is that there were people in the bible who got baptized twice in the book of acts chapter 19 in the book of acts chapter 19 paul went to these few people and asked them you know uh, do you know jesus you got baptized they said you know we know john the baptist and we have got baptized for repentance and then paul spoke to them and talked to them about the lord jesus christ and they got baptized again in the name of the lord jesus christ an interesting trivia uh, in the book of acts chapter 19 which george chen had covered few weeks back let me tell you so what was john the baptist role in all this what was his role in the coming of jesus luke chapter 1 let me go back and this is that dream that his father had uh, or not the dream or the visitation of the angel luke chapter 1 and it says verse 13 13 14 15 i'll just read that to you And the angel said unto him fear not Zachariah for thy prayer is heard and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son and thou shall call his name John and thou shall have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice at his birth verse 15 for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink and he shall be filled with the holy ghost even from his mother's womb and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the lord to make ready a people prepared for the lord a visitation of an angel giving this and this is what john the baptist did made people ready for the preparation of the lord and this morning as i share this 
I'm coming to, are you ready to be a John the Baptist, a person to prepare the way for other people around you, right? It's not just you and I as a Christian who's in the desert having these desert storms in life. There are people around us who are also going through their challenges. There are people around us who are going through their uh, valleys. Are we ready to lend them and share and prepare for them the way of the Lord by sharing the gospel, by sharing the word of God with them? Because sometimes we are in the fallacy that it's all about me. It's all about my problem. It's all about my life. I'm having these challenges. But guess what? Everybody goes through challenges. And what differentiates a Christian from a normal person is not only are we looking to God for our life, but that we are also looking to the people around us so that we can also show them the light, the Lord Jesus Christ in their lives, because they are also in a wilderness. You and I have the Lord Jesus Christ who is there to take us to the other side. But there are people around us who do not know this wilderness. And this is where I come to the closing here, which is in terms of the seven points. As a Christian, what can we learn from the life of John the Baptist? Number one, purpose and preparation in life. John the Baptist had the purpose and preparation in life. Number two, obedience and humility to God. He certainly did that. He came from a very good family, a religious family. He could have just lived on that. He, he got all the adulation, but he came with obedience and humility. Number three, and can we have the cursor key moving and it's not working, is uh, again, involve and care for others. Number four, something that you and I can look into, need for introspection. Number five, tell the reality to the people. Tell it as it is. In a world today where things are being politically correct as we speak, we have to tell the reality to the people. And number six, talk about the repentance from the heart and overcome the hero mentality. And as we put it together, it is actually pointing or point to the Lord Jesus. If you do these things as a Christian in our life and for the life of others around us, our objective is to point others to Christ. You and I are in the Lord Jesus, but we also need to point others to the Lord Jesus Christ. And with this, I like to give you an opportunity where you can point others to the Lord Jesus Christ. In our church, there are so many opportunities to do that. You have the Bible translation ministry. Benji and the team are doing that translation lang languages that you and I could have never heard of so that the people in those groups can be pointed to Jesus. You have Raven and the team talking from the word of God to people who don't understand the word of God so that they're pointed to Jesus. You have a team here, the gospel team here, going to the different parts of Bangalore, sharing tracks in the word of God to point people to Jesus because those people are in the wilderness. And this morning, I also like to present ministry which points people to Jesus, points people to Jesus. And you and I as a church are members of this kingdom of God where we need to point people to Jesus. The harvest is plentiful. The workers of you, dear church, continue to pray for the ministry. Continue to pray that we point people to Jesus. Whether it's school, college, whether it's personally one-on-one, -on -one, we point people to Jesus. Also pray that the churches, the members of the church will come out and say, yes, I want to point other people to Jesus. Yes, I have problems in my life. I have my own challenges. I have my job problems. I have my problems at home. That's okay. God is there to take care of it. But let me point people to Jesus. So dear church, can you pray for ministry? The world will reach people who are suffering and who are in the desert, who are in the wilderness. The harvest is plentiful. The workers of you. This morning, you also can join the ministry of the exam in your church. 
and by the way there are thousands of churches in india today who don't know about this ministry of so that they can point others to jesus but i've been in this church for 15 16 years use this opportunity join the ministry and be a member of this church give the word of god point others to jesus is very simple giving a bible it takes less time than clicking the netflix channel but you can point somebody to jesus join the ministry and you'll see how god is going to bless you but let's bless india because india is in the desert and we need to point them to jesus just like john the baptist just did for the lord our god may the name of the lord be glorified